you've reached the Conservative Hippie Podcast, a common sense look at life, the universe, and everything. Here's your host, Jay Frat, the Conservative Hippie. Yeah, yeah, that's me. What's up? Welcome in. I'm flying solo today in the Smokin' Jays Podcast Studio. Just got back from Iowa. What an amazing trip that was. Of course, I'm traveling the country right now as the campaign director for Burner the USA, a campaign to elect Eric John Burner president of the United States. We had a great time in Iowa, met a lot of really nice people. Amazing enough, uh, it was snowing in Iowa just as spring was starting in Washington State. We go to Iowa uh, where it was snowing, snow on the ground, and now I've come back to Washington. The clouds are in the sky. It's raining every day. I just asked uh, one of our campaign volunteers, the amazing Caleb Primrose, and he said, oh no, it's beautiful today. It's 80 degrees. What? That was some mistiming on our part visiting Iowa. But it was an amazing experience. And one of the things that was interesting was I'm not a public speaker. I don't have a lot of experience in public speaking. But I was, uh, as part of this campaign, I was thrust out in front of people and had to go and speak. And uh, that was a very interesting process that I went through um, and got a lot of compliments and uh, had fun along the way. Of course, it's easy for me to speak when I speak about our country, the state of our country right now, and the um, candidacy of Eric John Burner. He is not a well-known person. His name recognition is very low. But at what point in our country did it become a requirement for a candidate to be a celebrity or entrenched within the corrupted political class? He is just well qualified. And so it's very fun to go around Iowa and speak on that. And the Iowa folks are so friendly. My gosh. Um, I learned when I was in Iowa just how snobby, self-centered, and jerky Washingtonians are uh, because, wow, the folks of Iowa are very nice, straightforward, kind. Um, They see you, and they allow you to see them. Um, And it was just a great experience. And up next, we're headed to South Carolina. We're going to be in South Carolina at the end of the month. Uh, We've got an international film festival that we are kicking the campaign off from in South Carolina. The Myrtle Beach International Film Festival. Great guy by the name of Jerry has put that on for 18 years now. Eric is uh, in his uh, passion, his hobby, if you will, uh, is a DJ. Well, before he uh, decided to run for president, he was out there uh, putting his uh, film out, his short film on the uh, music video for The Cat You Can't Beat. Uh, And he submitted it to all kinds of film festivals. I remember when I first met him, he showed me that he was uh, nominated for a film festival somewhere in Britain. And I was like, yeah, okay. tell me more about uh, tell me more about this uh, secret man in the federal government. Uh, But when we were in Iowa uh, one night uh, on the campaign, he got a phone call. Uh, from the Myrtle Beach International Film Festival. They had been trying to reach him for months on his DJ Shadowmind email. And of course, he was busy, busy running for president, hadn't been checking that email. 
So it just so happens the way the universe works that the film festival that uh, nominated him and he is up for an award, uh, his Cat You Can't Beat uh, music video, it just so happens it's in South Carolina. Just so happens that South Carolina was the next state on our presidential tour. Amazing the way the universe uh, interacts with you as you interact with it and the little assistance that comes along the way to a big mission like this. Well, today I wanted to share some sound bites that were created during our Iowa trip. Um, Eric was interviewed by uh, NPR. Uh, several television stations came out to some of our events, ABC, CBS affiliates. There were some local news reporters that interviewed him, but there were opportunities where he was speaking off the cuff, answering questions um, that I was able to capture that speaks to a lot of why I'm excited about this campaign and his ideals moving forward and what he brings to the table. Again, this is a discovery tour. We were discovering Iowa and allowing Iowa to discover Eric. Um, and that's the way it's going across the nation. But this is happening when you have a holistic, authentic, high-integrity candidate like Eric John Berner. We're not going away. Uh, we've got him to promote. And this is the true grassroots candidate of the Republican Party primary process. We might have to uh, drag the Republican Party kicking and screaming along the way, but gosh darn it, we are testing the structure and the system of the Republican Party. He is well qualified, and he is standing up. He's raising his hand to volunteer for his country once again. And I sure appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate it so much. I've given up my life, and I'm volunteering for this effort. And you can join us. Just go to ericburner.com. I'm sure a link will be in the show notes um, and give your information, sign up to volunteer, uh, shoot, kick down a gallon of gas or a tank of gas or a hotel night stay as a donation and move this grassroots campaign forward. This first cut is on diplomacy and war. It was taken at his speech in Davenport, Iowa. How cool is that? Uh, the same week that President Donald Trump uh, came and spoke in Davenport, Iowa, so Two did presidential candidate Eric John Berner. As if all you know, we are almost at war with, with Russia. I don't see a diplomatic corps that we have that's actually out there trying to talk with the, the Russians or the Ukrainians. They seem to be egging on this fight, like there's some kind of motivation, so to say. The, the motivation to push us into a war seems very dramatic and in your face currently. I don't want to actually send your children to a war. I, I think that's uh, uh, a time of our past. We, we don't need to go into kinetic wars anymore. We have a different way of fighting our warfare. Uh, and I believe that the, the domain of warfare that's currently coming up is one that is less kinetic. But it's more of a economic warfare. It's more of a, a, a psychological warfare. And we as a country, we need to guard against that kind of warfare. This current administration, they, they are not willing to actually do the things that we should see them doing. It feels like this administration is actually trying to put America in further danger and further peril. 
I chose that clip because that that's at the heart of one of the issues that mean the most to me, and that is ending this ridiculous cycle that neoconservatives have placed us into, this perpetual war machine, um, this regime change apparatus that we have within the United States where we're creating um, adversarial relationships where we should be respecting sovereignty. And when we respect sovereignty, we would have that expectation in return. Things have all been muddied up for decades now within United States foreign policy. And Eric John Berner wants to put an end to that, um, uh, stoking the flames of war. Um, and he squarely sees uh, foreign interests um, that are uh, helping fan those flames. But one of the interesting things that come out of these conversations we have, I think we drove on average three and a half hours per day um, when we were in Iowa for 11 days. One of the interesting things that came out in those conversations is what he sees the future of the war domain and what it looks like. Remember, this is a high-tech um, intelligent individual, uh, a member of the first 100 alpha testers for OpenAI. And he actually sees a domain of warfare that's more in the digital space. Wouldn't that be wonderful if on a peaceful planet where um, uh, economically um, adverse uh, adversaries could go to some sort of uh, sandbox war game uh, facility, sandbox war game facility in the digital space and conduct their wars. And we even discussed things like, oh, what would that look like? And what would the incentives be um, for a winner, a loser, um, things like that? That's the type of forward thinking that you get with Eric John Berner is something in the future that is hopeful, um, that doesn't involve risking the lives and bloodshed of human beings on this planet. Following up with that, I've got another clip that uh, further expands upon um, his non-intervention principles. Well, I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm a constitutional Republican, so I, I'm a little bit different than than the average Republican. I, I don't believe in in adventurism. Basically, uh, I feel like uh, our country needs to go back to its non-interventionist roots. Uh, where you don't tread on us and we won't tread on you. Um, I, I think uh, our our nation has extended its cultural and social uh, capacity to its full extent. We know where our boundaries are as a Western civilization. That problem has been founded in Europe and that we have just been going along with it now for the last 70 years. Um, and we need to pull back from that. We need to have a, a, a reshaping of our foreign diplomacy uh, abroad. And I think it needs to be one that has gone from um, a fighting domain to one that is going from swords to plowshares. We, we need to do some hearts and minds uh, changing across the world. We need to, to let everybody understand that, that we, we do uh, have uh, uh, some moral and ethic realities here in our nation that we need to deal with before we start trying to affect change in other places around the world. In my administration, I, I would not commit dollars to uh, foreign intervention. Uh, I, I, I think it's a waste of our cash. 
there are far better programs that we could apply that to here at home. And uh, and I would be the president that would actually take care of that. I always find it interesting um, that the majority of our public, the United States, are anti-war. And yet we constantly find representatives um, that want to puff out their chest and fan the flames of war. And Eric John Berner has definitely uh, placed his stake in the ground as a non-interventionist, anti-war uh, presidential candidate. And I certainly applaud that. Um, he did mention um, in there uh, taking care of the home, taking care of our homeland and making the necessary repairs to the fabric of our society. Uh, here he talks about polarization and, and how it's been um, galvanized here in our political rhetoric. Our nation is very polarized and divided. And uh, it's time that someone stands up and, and takes a hold of the situation and tries to bring our, our families back together again. We, we've seen uh, uh, a political class that is gaming our system. And it's not just the folks on the left, it's the folks on the right too. It's time that we actually sit down, have a, a, a pause and, and talk with each other at that dinner table once again. We can have a conversation that is helpful and not one that is resentful anymore want to sit down at the dinner table once again and have a conversation that is helpful and not one that is resentful. Um, amazing words by him. A lot of candidates want to talk about unity while they sling arrows at the other side or give cheap shots. Um, that's the one thing I respect about Eric John Berner is he truly wants to represent and be the president of all the people of we the people, and he presents himself in that way. Um, it makes it, uh, makes it so he, that he's a better general candidate than a primary candidate because so much of our primaries these days has just been lop, lobbing up of red, red meat and the other side, the independent sometimes, um, those people get lost in the shuffle in the primary process. And uh, he genuinely speaks from his heart to all people and represents himself in that way. Um, and I certainly respect that very much. He's not doing any tricks, trips, or stunts um, in the primary process um, to get uh, the looks, the eyes of certain crowds uh, that might be angrier than most, might be motivated than most. Um, he is himself um, speaking as if he is in the general right now. Uh, because that's who he is. He's an authentic person uh, who is in this process to be the president of all the people, and he's not going to compromise himself along the way. Uh, we're just going to have to make sure we educate, smarten up, and uh, help people see uh, the holistic endeavor that this is and the amazing man um, that has raised his hand once again. Another uh, problem with our society and our uh, bureaucracy um, is corruption, and he spoke about corruption uh, in one interview. Definitely, forty-five. Um, he sh he put a bright spotlight on everything that's going on, um, and, and now um, that he's left the office, it, it 
it's going to require somebody to clean up all of the stuff that he, you know, he pulled out of the swamp, basically. He pulled the swamp. We see the swamp. The swamp is empty, but they're scurrying all over the place trying to, trying to dodge the bullets that are coming at them. If you don't think that something has happened or something has changed since he was president, you're not actually watching what's going on. Uh, the Democrats on the other side, they're scared. They, they know that, that their indiscretions have been brought to light. They see uh, that they cannot hide their, their dirty laundry anymore. And that, that is really where we're at. Mr. T, he... He did a great job, and I, I'm going to continue to praise him on this. He literally did pull the swamp, but now the swamp is is scared, and they're frightened. And when you have a frightened animal, it's willing to do anything it can to get out of the trap that it's in. And I feel like we are currently there where we have a lot of bad actors who are sitting in a trap, and they don't know what to do. Um, you could see what's going on with Janet Yellen. Uh, currently, she's uh, she's being uh, grilled under fire because of uh, a lot of craziness that's been going on with FTX and SVG and a whole lot of other things uh, that she has had her hands in. And so we are seeing actual change being affected right now, but it's going to require a very strong president with some big giant cojones to go in there, finish the job. And, and unfortunately, 45 may not be able to make it into that spot and do it. Um, and, and, and that is where I came in and stood up to make sure that there was at least somebody else that would be able to take the torch on that he, you know, he put to the swamp and we can actually go forward and finish the job. There he's talking about um, the lights that came on in the swamp when Donald Trump was president and since um, he has not been president and how we've seen the corruption and the corrupt players scurry all over the place. And he is the man that can clean up the swamp. The, the lights came on. Now we need the exterminator to come in and clean it up. And he has 33 years experience in the federal government. So he knows where the bodies are buried. He knows where the bad actors are hiding. And he speaks to that in another clip from the same interview. There, there is something that's going on in the background. People aren't seeing it because a lot of the things that are happening has to be done undercover and in the dark. Um, we are at a point now in our history of our country where uh, we have a lot of foreign nations that do want to see us split up. They do want to see us fight between ourselves and the parties. Uh, a weaker America makes them stronger against us, whether it's for economic trade whether or not it's for social and cultural changes across the world, uh, whether or not it's a shifting of the balances of the world powers, uh, there are countries out there who do want to see us uh, at strife with each other. And, and a lot of the things that are going on are, are because of those interferences from foreign nations. And I know uh, a lot of people are going to say, but, but what about the CISA and, and all that stuff? And, well, it's quite possible that, that the J6 and, and everything else that we've seen in the last, you know, three to six years may have been engineered by some folks who uh, are insurgents within our country's federal system. And that is absolutely what we need to do is go in there and, and clean it up. And, and I'm not just talking about removing a few people who are at the head of the, the, 
the supply chain, basically. I'm talking about the 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 inner workings, the smaller people, the small minnows who who actually are doing serious damage because they're making plans, and those plans are affecting us, the the John Q. public of our nation. So there he is talking with clear eyes about the insurgency within our federal system, and he's the man that can go in and clean it up. And I believe him. We saw in Trump's first four years what was one of Trump's biggest problems. One of Trump's biggest problems was that he didn't have a support structure around him. He didn't know how to navigate that big federal bureaucracy. So, so he ended up fighting with it, and it became a big food fight wrestling match. And the rest of the country got drug into it. Eric John Burner knows how to get that job done now that the light's been shown. The light switch is on. There's, it's clear for anyone to see the problems that we have. Well, he knows how to navigate that structure. Now I want to end. I've got a great clip. Um, it's one of the uh, big factors that I use uh, when we're out there trying to highlight and get people curious about who is Eric John Burner. It's his view and policy on fusion energy. And a lot of people don't, they don't know what it is. They, they think, oh, that's pie in the sky. That's down the road a long ways. Well, no, fusion energy has been proven out by the Navy Pulse Laboratories, JPL. Uh, I believe it was in December. They proved out the technology that it does work. And now it needs to be scaled up. Well, the only person that's talking about fusion energy and the presidential candidate who happens to understand the technology and might have plans and designs to build upon it is Eric John Burner. I've seen that come up in, a, in, in our uh timeline where there there is a consolidation of those asiatic nations and uh i don't think that all of the asiatic nations are actually going to get on board with the the BRICS uh, pack that is currently out there that BRICS pack is a a a, uh, a movement to try to get off of the dollar as a standard for a world standard they're trying to use the yuan as the new currency for the world standard uh, I don't think that those countries fully understand what is going to happen with America here in the next five to ten years. We are about to become uh, energy dominant across the entire world. We will no longer need petrol dollars. We, we will be pushing fusion energy out there. All of the oil that we pull up from our ground will be exported out, and, uh, and we will become a primary exporter of, of energy, and, and those nations are going to wind up hurting in their own economies because they're going to be stuck fixated to a petrodollar while we are going to be producing almost limitless free energy for the next 100 years. We'll wind up becoming the manufacturing powerhouse over the next two decades, and that is the reason why there is a consolidation of power in Asia. I feel like we need to start trading further with our southern partners down in South America. We need to start trading uh, further with Western Africa so that we can jump into those markets before that Asiatic uh, alliance actually starts getting a hold uh, of those trade partners. And so that is where we are uh, as a nation in this economic war uh, in, the, in that Asiatic alliance. And I think we are going to win it, though. But however... It, 
this current administration that we have right now seems to be wanting to give it all away uh, before that actually happens. Right. Isn't that amazing? Don't you want a president that is talking about the future of the country in that way and has plans based upon positivity and the greatness of America and our fusion power future? Or do you want the same old rhetoric where people go around uh, with the latest culture war um, clickbait rhetoric um, to get everyone uh, all jumping up and down, up in arms, uh, battling each other in the food fight? I know you shouldn't want that. And Eric John Burner is a darn fine candidate that deserves your support. Um, that's the call to action today. Look into him more. Spread the word. Ask a neighbor. Ask a friend if they've heard of Eric John Burner. Shoot, send them this podcast. Send them to Eric John Burner's Twitter. I'll have that link in the show notes. Most importantly, if you're a Washingtonian, the snobbery, the gatekeeping, the walls that I have seen come up regarding this campaign as I have just tried to pique people's interests have been amazing. Uh, somebody of lesser, uh, a more sensitive person than myself would have given up a long time ago. Uh, it has been a rough battle out here in Washington State. When I went to Iowa, I was amazed at the friendliness and the openness I saw from those people. Well, I can't wait to go back to Iowa in the summer. Washingtonians, get out there. Call your local Republican leader. Call them up. Say, hey, are you supporting this guy? Are you letting your precinct committee officers know about his candidacy? Why not? Call up your local talk shows. We've got all these constructs. I've contacted them all. They've all turned away. They've all given the stiff arm as if uh, we're not worthy. This man is well worthy. We are out touring the country. Our home state needs to give us more respect. They need to give John Burner's name more respect. Call them up. Call your, call your favorite podcaster, your favorite television personality, your favorite podcaster. Ask them if they've tried to get Eric John Burner on their show for an interview. You might be surprised at the answer, but we need to speak together. We need to speak in unison, and this is a darn fine candidate to support, especially in blue states and blue areas where the Trump name is so polarizing. I knocked on Oh, boy, close to a thousand doors um, in this last uh, election cycle for uh, different candidates. And you would be amazed at how many doors opened and demanded to know how the candidate felt about Donald Trump. Even if they were running for state representative, they said, oh, that doesn't matter. I want to know how does she feel about Donald Trump? Well, darn it, in these blue states and these blue areas, you've got a candidate that you can feel proud about. His name's Eric John Burner. Start using that name. Start promoting that name. Start talking about that name. He won't let you down. We love you, Jay. The dude is all right. It's all about community. Come join us. You can find me on Twitter at JFrat. And all episodes of the Conservative Hippie podcast and show notes are published at theconservativehippie.com. And of course, as always, if you want to support this podcast and support your smoking lifestyle, go to smokinjays.com and use coupon code HIPPIE, H-I-P-P-I-E, for 15% off at checkout.
down to Jake's place, trying to get us. 